Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you for joining us on the latest installment of the World Football Index podcast. Uh, we have a great show based on uh, around the fairy tale story that's been Northern Ireland. I'll be your host today, Armando Angulo, and joining me as always is Mr. Dave Karen, uh, who I'm sure is over the moon. Dave, how are you, buddy? I'm over the moon on many, many levels, Armando. Number one, I'm a guest. <laughs> I'm not hosting, which is brilliant. And, and just, I've had the, the perfect sporting week, let's say, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that as we go along. That's great, but Also joining me, we have two great guests. Uh, firstly, we have Neil Patterson, a football writer and podcaster for the Anfield Index. Neil, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, nice to be on, Armando. I'm doing really well. We're obviously in fine form over Klopp and Northern Ireland making the, the, their first ever European Championships is just absolutely unbelievable. So, like Dave said, it's pretty much a perfect sport week. Awesome, buddy. And the, our last guest is a debutante for us on World Football Index as well is Mr. Jamie Phillips. He's a Northern Ireland season ticket holder. Jamie, how you doing, my man? Very well, thank you. Um, it's been a it's been a week here that uh, we're, well, we're not used to, to say the very least. So there is there's definitely an atmosphere about the place. So, yep, I'm good. Well, that's great, man. Thank you for joining us. And I'm going to stay with you, Jamie. I mean, this is the first time that Northern Ireland's qualified to a major tournament since Mexico in 86. So uh, since that World Cup to now, it's been nearly 30 years. What does this really mean to you, Jamie, as someone that goes and follows uh, Northern Ireland across Europe? It's, you know, 86. I was I was three, three years old in 86, so I don't remember it. Um, and all the... All the tournaments that have bypassed since, you know, we haven't even really been any close to qualifying. Just the the, the very fact that, you know, I, I've all I've always liked to say that, you know, I always like to see England doing well in these tournaments, but it doesn't really mean anything to you personally. Um, but to see that the fact that we have finally got there, and very very much so on our own merit, um, it's fantastic. It's just uh, there's just a hell of a lot of pride. I suppose you could say back here at the moment, um, and I just think every everybody is very very much looking forward to it. Um, I'll be doing everything I can to get out there, and it's just going to be it's just going to be something completely different to savor. You know, it's we don't know we're, we're not used to it here. Um, as far as team sport goes, uh, for competing on the big stage, you have the rugby team every four years at the World Cup, but that's you know, football, totally different experience. So I'm just over the moon. This is, and they've been there when it happened. You know, it was, yeah, it's 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 still in a way sinking in because I suppose, you know, because I'm not used to it, it'll maybe be something that, uh, you know, it'll it'll maybe start to become a bit more real as, the, as next year goes along towards the summer and all the hype begins. But, uh, it's it's a unbelievable achievement. Yeah, man, it's absolutely unbelievable, especially to win the group and and come out top seed, especially going in uh, fifth seed. You know, it's it's quite impressive. So that's something that uh, you guys should be very proud of. Uh, Neil, I'll come to you. What does this achievement really mean to you and this accomplishment for your, for uh, the national team? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I think um, Jamie touched on it quite well there. Um, we've never, Dave uh, possibly excluded, but, but certainly Jamie and I have never really um, had the chance to get behind Northern Ireland at a major tournament. I mean, I was, I think, well, yeah, five years old when uh, Mexico 86 and although I have the video of the tournament and it's one of my favourite World Cups Northern Ireland didn't do particularly well and they're not featured particularly heavily so I never really got to enjoy that experience and of course you hear always about Spain in 1982 and you know we've seen that um, that Armstrong goal so many times and, and that is Northern Ireland you know I think we're going to talk about it later on but we, we can upset the odds and we have done uh, in the past, and and we have done this time because you know going into the going into the qualifying campaign, I don't think anybody really expected anything. I mean, certainly didn't. Um, we we plumbed the depths for quite quite a long time, and it had almost got to the point where you'd sort of fallen out of any kind of love with international football because uh, you were always the neutral, you know, essentially. So I think it's really great. It's great for the country to be able to get behind the team. It's it's great for the pride of the people. It's great for the pride of the team. I mean, these guys are are going to go down in, in history now. I mean, they are, you say it's the first time in a major tournament in 30 years, but it is the, the first time ever that we've qualified for the European Championship. So it's brilliant. It's just, it's unbelievable. And uh, yeah, it, as Jimmy says, it'll only get more and more as uh, time of just yeah man absolutely and like you said these guys are going to be remembered for a long time if not forever is uh for this accomplishment so it's big for these players dave coming to you my man you know i know how you've been following this and how excited you've been in the weeks leading up to this and how much you've talked about it and stuff so it's finally here you did it you qualified and you guys are top of the group so tell me dave how you feeling man I'm over the moon. Armando, as, I say, as you rightly said, we talked about this uh, when we were on with Shree in the Indian pod and I couldn't contain my excitement. And, and I think the reason for that, uh, whenever you listen to Neil and Jamie there uh, at their age, and they never experienced this, I've been lucky enough to have seen it twice. I know what's coming. Um, you know, I, I was 16 whenever, uh, in 1982, whenever we qualified for the World Cup and made the second phase, may I add. Um, and, and, you know, so I know what to expect. I know that feeling and that pride. And that's what it is for me. It, it, it's something to be very, very proud of. We're a very, very small nation. We're not blessed with, with world superstar players. We never really have been apart from George Best. We, we, we produce good, honest pros. And, and at the moment, we have a team that's functioning as that, as a team. And in international football at the moment, that's, that's extremely hard to beat. Um, you know, I, I'd also like to congratulate Wales uh, while I'm speaking here. And, and on, on that point as well, make the point that, you know, they're a very similar football nation to Northern Ireland. But on this occasion, they have the mercurial talent of, of one Gareth Bale, which is a huge difference to what we have. And I think it highlights as well the, the immenseness of all of that. Like, it's huge. This is massive. That Northern Ireland have got there and you know our, our history isn't particularly good as a nation but you just watch you watch in June and, and July whenever when this tournament takes place the people that will be behind us the whole country will be behind us um, and we are the type of nation that, that throws up the odd shock so you know what I mean Armando it's, it's just it's just brilliant. There's just there's just no words to describe it. I've had I've had the perfect week between rugby, club and, and football. Nothing could anger me. <laughs> well, that's good, man. I'm happy for you, to be quite honest. And, you know, Northern Ireland, you guys know better than any, Dave. I'm going to stay with you because, you know, you've had more experience in this and stuff. Northern Ireland is a very small country. You guys have had a history of division for many reasons, political and many different reasons. So what does this really mean to the people of Northern Ireland? Well, you know, uh, they say that we don't like the Republic and the Republic don't like us. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I'm, I'm, I'm as Northern Ireland as you come. But you see whenever Ray Houghton scored, I think it was against Italy in the World Cup, it's up off the sofa. You know what I mean? The, the rivalry goes aside. And, 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 and there's people in the South that be exactly the same. And, and that translates then to our own community. Um, you know, we have a very, very small country, a very, very small community, which you've, you've said is divided. But sport, in, I'm, like, I'm pushing 50 years of age, I've seen it. You know, and you want to go back to the 80s, we had Barry McGuigan, 
um, uh, just uh, after the, the, the 82 World Cup, before the 86 World Cup. We had those two great teams, and we also had Barry McGuigan in the middle. Who, who, and, and between those two, they brought the whole country together. And it didn't matter who you were or, or what side of the fence you were on. You were shouting for the same man. And do you know what? I truly believe that that is, is the way that this is going to be. I don't want to go into the political um, aspects of it because it's all bloody nonsense. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're, 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 we're from the same place with the same people. And sometimes it takes something as basic as sport to bring people together. And I truly believe that in June that will happen. And, and, and the whole country, like, you know, we, we have a world champion in boxing at the minute, we have a world champion in golf, Rory, Rory McIlroy, with Carl Frampton, and they've done, you know, Rory McIlroy is from Northern Ireland, from Hollywood, down the road from where I'm from, and he's going to play for Ireland in the, uh, in, in, in the golf, in the Olympics here in Rio, um, in my neck of the woods. So, you know, it's just talk about divides and political divides and everything. It is what it is. Sport is above all of that. And, and, and you know, those, those, those instances there demonstrate how sport can unite the people of Northern Ireland. And, and really, come June, we're all going to be on the same page, believe me. Yeah, man, I hope so. That, that, that's great. It's great that it unites the people like that, and that's fantastic news. Uh, Jamie, would you like to touch on that? Uh, I would be slightly less optimistic than Dave with regards to uh, everybody getting behind the, the, the country um, or the, the team. Ex- exclude the 5% of each community who are just assholes and you can't work with. Uh, <laughs> the, the rest, I'm talking about the, the, ten, or the 90% of the rest. I think, well, first things now, if, if the Republic qualify, you have to remember that there is a, a large number of the people from up here who will support them while they're there. Um, but obviously there are reasonable folks on both sides and uh, it'll be those people who'll quite happily see the other team do well. Um, I think you mentioned McElroy and Frampton there. I think definitely everybody is behind McElroy and I think that everybody is behind Frampton. I just think football, it's a wee bit different, you know, over here, every single sport I'm aware of, with the exception of football, at an international level, is play is played as an All Ireland. You know, it, it is played as not the, the highest accolade you could have is to play for Ireland. So golf, boxing, cricket, rugby. You know, football is the only sport where Northern Ireland has an individual team of its own, as far as I'm aware. Um, I do, th- I do think people will get behind them, but. Uh, the very fact that the Republic could be there themselves, uh, you know, there, it'll um, obviously there'll be a lot of people will be behind them. Um, but I've no doubt that I, I know, obviously, I know many people myself. You, you said it there yourself, Dave, whenever Ray Houghton scored against Italy, um, you were up celebrating, and there will have been people, you know, other people from. Let's say the the Northern Ireland side of things. Who would be who would have done exactly that? And I'm sure there will be. Uh, I, I think it'll what it'll do maybe is it'll get, it'll get a lot of uh, you know neutral fans or maybe you know not your your regular your regular football fan involved. You know it's like whenever the whenever the Grand National comes around, all of a sudden you have people who have got a bit of an interest in horse racing for a few days. I think it'll, it'll, it'll maybe be something like that. Uh, there will be people who don't normally maybe watch football who'll just get into the spirit of the European Championships and will follow the team that way. Um, so, and, and I hope I, I hope you're right. I, I hope everybody does get behind the team because it'll be that in itself would be a new experience and it'll be a, it'll be a very nice place to you know, to be over here in Belfast and everywhere else around if if that happens. Um, Jamie, I just I just want to say to you here, you know, if you if you if you wind it back to my time that, that I spoke about eighty two, eighty six, and and, mm. and and in that period, if you take where we were as a country at that particular mm-hmm. moment in time, oh, yeah. as opposed to where we are today, we yeah. are dealing with a completely different animal. Now, based on that experience that I had back then, and I mean 
uh, okay, the Republic of Ireland weren't involved in, in either one of those World Cups, which which was different. So therefore, you, you had maybe a, a, an easier playing field, an easier audience, so to speak. But I do think that that you know, in recent times, the the, the identity of being Northern Irish is is coming to the fore, and there's more and more people, certainly with censuses and whatnot, that that are identifying themselves as that. And for that's the reason that I say come the start of it you know we can sit and we can talk you've no feeling because you know I appreciate you've never actually felt it the moment you see those boys walk out in that field it's your country and Armando will tell you this because Mexico go to World Cups you know every time and the yeah. pride that you have in your team walking out representing your country doesn't have an, doesn't have an equal and it breaks down barriers and I really truly firmly believe that that's going to be the case here well I well, I, well, I, 100%. I hope you're right because it will be, it will be a very, very, it would be a very, it'll be a very nice feeling to have. You know, I I work in a place now similar to where we work together, large office, different people from all over the place, and you know, <laughs> whenever you hear people, you know, if we were sitting throughout this campaign, if I've been coming into work a day after a match and. You know, we've got another good result. You can still see the ones who who would be Republic supporters. They're, you know, they're, they're tentative and coy about uh, about giving any sort of praise for you know for what what had happened. You know, the night before. Um, but I, listen, I'm I I hope to God that there's a you know that there is that sort of not necessarily you know, unity is necessarily the right word, but I, I do hope that it gets every everybody everybody behind the team because they should ultimately they should do um but who knows time will tell um i i hope when if we're talking about this closer to the time that you'll be able to say i told you so oh i hope so too but i say it's based on just based on on what i experienced over that time which was which was a particularly bad period in our in in, in the history of, of northern ireland with yeah. the, with the ball that, the ball that we had and sport bridge divides sport um sport you know bridge the divide uh, the religious divide the cultural divide everything and and as i say we're in a much firmer much firmer foundation a better place as a country now I, I just don't see any issues with it. Sorry, Armando, I'm, I'm taking over. <laughs> You're good, man. Neil, uh, what are your thoughts, man? What is your perspective on all of this? And what do you think the outcome will be for Northern Ireland as a whole due to this? And, and the continue, I mean, and, you know, the, your guys are showing in uh, the European competition. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the second bit first there, Armando, if you don't mind. I think, um, I think it can only be a good thing for Northern Ireland as a, as a country and as a nation. Um, I think that the lack of, of of being able to get behind your own team has, especially in the last well, in the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten major tournaments. For most of those tournaments, you've had both England and the Republic qualifying, and uh, the odd time one or other of them wouldn't. But uh, I mean that that just kind of uh, exacerbates the divide even more because you know you've got one group of people who tentatively as as um, you mentioned earlier, tentatively get behind England, but with no real, no real fervor, no real. It doesn't make a difference in their lives, and and the rest of the folks will get behind the Republic, some quite vehemently, and and actually most people sort of, you know, a lot of people have a foot in either camp, but it's not, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's not, it's not your country, it's not your nation. You don't have the, the national pride. So, I think, I mean, what uh, D says is is definitely true up to a point i mean i think there will be people who even though they might not want to support northern ireland so much they'll find themselves being caught up in the moment and, and not being able to help themselves i mean you probably find there will be a hard core that won't support the team but at the same time there, there are people in every country that doesn't get behind the national team so it's not i don't think it's going to be a major issue uh, i think it's interesting what was said about, about the republic qualifying at the moment they're losing to poland I'm not quite sure how it works out, but um, I don't think that they they are going to qualify. If they do qualify, then certainly there'll be people supporting them. But you might also find again that um, there'll be people supporting both Northern Ireland and the Republic, and that's sort of the way it goes. I mean, I think it's been touched on already that there will be a hardcore from from either side that won't support the other. But um, you know, people are people, 
in general, it's great. It's great that Northern Ireland are on the map in a sporting sense again, because also, like like Jamie said, we're not really represented as a single entity. I mean, in the Olympics, for example, you'd have um, the United Kingdom team and the Irish team, so you'd get a lot of um, you know Northern Irish athletes run to the United Kingdom or whatever, but not as Northern Irish athletes, only of a, a Northern Ireland or as part of a, a UK team. So to have the name out there, the country out there, um, allowing, you know, getting the chance to showcase themselves as is in a positive light, which um, really hasn't, you know, the chance hasn't really been afforded to, to the country for a long, long time. Normally Northern Ireland, even though it's 20 years nearly since the ceasefires and since the end of really hostilities, shall we say, um, it's still synonymous with, with violence. It's still synonymous with with uh, uh, jokes about bar bombs and you know your you know the army being on the streets and all kinds of things like which and of course you know it, it rightly had the reputation for that but those kind of things die hard in, in the memories of people who, who you know don't really have any experience with the country or, or haven't been there haven't you know have, haven't relatives there or anything like that so for them to be able to see a positive side of, of Northern Ireland on the world stage or European stage is, is only a good thing and can only be a good thing. So I'm cautiously optimistic like Dave, but I, I certainly uh, take Johnny's points on board 100% because there's certainly truth to them too. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, for me as a Mexican supporter, it does unify the people. Um, I think, you know, status doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you know, financial status doesn't matter. Nothing really matters anymore when the games are going on. It's one of the few things that can bring grown people to tears when your national anthem goes on at major tournaments like this and, and you feel the buzz and, and the hair stands up on the back of your neck. It's something that, like Dave said, is indescribable. So as someone who gets to do this on a regular basis and see you know Mexico in a World Cup regularly, win the you know CONCACAF Cup regularly, it's something that... I take for granted, I think, and even then, it's 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 very moving for me. So I can only imagine what it would what it could do for you guys, and 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 what it, the excitement you guys must be feeling, to be quite honest. Um, but you know, we'll shift gears here, and 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 let's touch on the manager. The, the Michael O'Neill has done a fantastic job with you guys, turning around the fortunes of you guys. And I, I wanted to know uh, what what is it that he's done differently to change the fortunes of Northern Ireland? Dave, I'll come to you first, man. Well, Michael O'Neill, I remember him as a player. Uh, it wasn't what you would call an, uh, an illustrious playing career at all. I think the highlight of it was it was a short spell at Newcastle. Um, you know, he played for the national team. I remember him from that. But I think as a manager and a manager of Northern Ireland, when he first came in, I, I possibly was quite sceptical. Uh, we, we don't normally get... You know, big name managers with Laurie McMenery, Laurie Sanchez. Um, you know, we're, we're not synonymous with huge, huge names coming to us uh, um, from from outside either. So Michael O'Neill was, was very modest when he arrived in 2011. He didn't put a great deal of expectation on a team that was just basically trundling along. But I think what he has done, he has instilled a bit of belief into them. He has instilled, he has made use, the best use of, of the common parts that he has in putting together a unit that is actually very, very strong and very, very hard to break down. And, and you know, we've said this many times on, on WFI as well when we talk about um, international football, Mando. If you are well organized, well drilled and, and stick to your guns in international football, you can turn a team over. Um, you know, it's not a team that plays together um, week on week. You know, you get them for a couple of weeks at a time and, and it's up to what you can mould with the best pieces that you have at your disposal. And Michael O'Neill has done a fantastic job at that, an absolutely fantastic job. Going into this tournament, uh, when he when he saw the group, he, he, he said, you know, basically if we get third, we're going to go well. We, we've topped the group. So, you know, he's exceeded everyone's, uh, even his own expectation, probably even that of the players as to where they are. But they got ahead of steam going. There was a few good results. Uh, as I say, Jamie will be able to, to talk you through those a little bit better than I will. There was a few really good results. I know we beat Russia, we drew with Portugal in, in the 2014 qualification campaign. And, you know, there, there was the hint there, there was the, the hint that things might just start to move in the right direction, or certainly, you, you know, we could, we could be challenging. I don't think any of us sitting on this panel would have dared to dream that we're going to be topping the group of a, of a Euro qualification. It's just, it, 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 you, you know, 
back in 82 and 86, it wasn't the football that we're dealing with today. It wasn't this money-driven, huge multimedia animal that, that, that football has become. Um, you know, also Europe was, was, was unfractured. You know, the, the, the old USSR covered half of Europe. Whenever those countries fractured, qualification, especially for the Euros and the World Cup, became incredibly more difficult for a small country like Northern Ireland, given that there was more competition and more small countries competing. So... You know, I keep going back to this remarkable achievement, and 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 that's why it is a remarkable achievement. And and you know, Michael O'Neill deserves every bit of praise and more for what he's done because I don't think any of us sitting in this panel could have dared to dream what he has what he has delivered for us today, and it's absolutely magnificent. Yeah, man, it's definitely something that I'm pretty sure is very unexpected for for you guys and and for any neutral as well. Uh, Neil, I'll come to you. What what do you think, Michael O'Neill, or what has Michael O'Neill done since taking over in 2011 to to shape this team and, and get it to qualify uh, for the cup? I think uh, Dave's spot on with uh, instilling confidence, instilling belief. He has gone for youth, but he's also, I mean, we've Northern Ireland have for a number of years had a lot of quite a few um sort of mid to bottom half of the table premier players uh, in the squad you know players who are picked pretty much week in week out for their team but you know they don't set the world on fire but they're you know they're established i don't know top level players i would say or certainly domestically top level players in in england but they've come to to Northern Ireland and to play for the country, and they've absolutely collapsed. You know, they've not they've not been a coherent unit. They've not fought for each other. They've they've not shown anything like the, the standard of of ability to display on a on a weekly basis for the, their clubs. And um, it's always been a question as to why. So I think I think the motivation. I think the the, the um, Man management, I think the, the revamping, um, like Dave said, of bringing in some youth, but he's just getting the best out of players. They're like, like Dave said, we're functional. I think that was mentioned earlier. We are, we don't have any world beaters. I mean, our probably our star player would be Kyle Lafferty. I mean, if you if you if you want to go on goals and you know the, the impact that he has for us, um, and he's in the top, he's, in, he's in the top, WFI top 100, so don't be saying a word about him. I put him there. <laughs> There you go. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's a player that hasn't started for his club all season. You know, he plays for Norwich and he doesn't get a look in at club level. And for um, Michael O'Neill to be able to get such a turnout of him in the international matches is, is unbelievable. So, I mean, that that speaks a lot about the, the motivational qualities of the manager. I mean, I think particularly coming in after, a, you know, a Nigel Worthington who, you know, fair play to him, whatever he's had... A long career in the game. He doesn't. He, I often wondered how how he was a football manager because he's about you know the least inspiring bloke you'll ever hear if you if you hear him talk. But, but we've been through some bad periods in the last decade. I mean, we had a couple of highs. You know, we looked like we might qualify for um for the World Cup in two thousand and six until um Laurie. Sanchez took the Fulham job and we lost our last couple of qualifiers there. And and apart from that, that's been our only bright spark in, in really a long, long time in the wilderness. I mean, we even lost to Luxembourg. I mean, not many teams lose to Luxembourg. I think we had the longest run of international games with either without a goal or without a win. And I think only San Marino have beaten that record. So, I mean, we have had some terrible times. So, for somebody like Michael to come in and, and really turn things around and have us win in the group. I mean, I've just looked at the group table again. We lost one game. I think that was away in Romania. And I think even though you can look at that group and say it's not very strong, I think looking at that group going on Northern Ireland's history, we the only team you would have expected us to definitely finish above would have been the Faroe Islands. So, I mean, to, to win the group, the top is unbelievable. And I think Michael O'Neill has to take all the plaudits because, you know, He's an international manager. He's working with a similar pool of players. It's not like he's, he can go out and buy the players in and whatever. And, and it's even harder now for Northern Ireland because of the way that the situation is that any player can choose to play for the Republic if, if they're good enough, if they want to. So, I mean, we've got a smaller pool of players to choose from as well. So, yeah, I mean, motivation, confidence, man management. Um, he's instilled belief and, and, and I suppose also bringing youth through. 
but it's a massive turnaround. Yeah, man, those are all very valid points, and I can see how you know how massive this undertaking really was. Jamie, as somebody that gets to see this, you know, up close and personal on a regular basis, what is it that Mar- Michael O'Neill has done that's caught your eye, man? Well, I think as uh, both guys have mentioned, there, there's no doubt that he has instilled a belief in the team. Um, you know, as David mentioned there. Uh, or sorry, I think it was Neil actually mentioned the the Laurie Sanchez campaign around two thousand six. That was he he play he played a team that went out there that was it was functional, it was organised, um, and we were on in those days with David Haley scoring the goals, the the crest of all crest of a wave, you know. Um, but. Ultimately, yes, it did all fizzle out. Um, and when Worthington came along, it was pretty dire and turgid in the time that he was there. Um, O'Neill, O'Neill came along, and I think it was something like his first 18 games or something in charge of the team where they didn't win a match. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, whenever the draw came out for this qualifying group, I was sort of in two minds. I, a lot of people were saying, oh, man, you know, that, that, that's quite an easy group. And yes, you could see why they were saying that. But I'd always worried. My worry for us was always whenever we, we were playing against teams that knew that wherever they went to play, they knew that they had to work for their results. Those were always the sorts of teams that I would have worried about coming up against. So I had a feeling that this, this campaign could have been very hard. But there's no question that the the guy has got them. You you, you watch them playing like I mean they're an attractive team to watch now. Um, with and no one can say that they aren't. You know they do play nice football. Um, whatever he has done behind the scenes, I think he's made a massive difference on on Kyle Lafferty. I think before <sighs> me and the couple of guys who go to the games, we always would have been. You we were nearly sitting there waiting for Lafferty to to do something stupid, you know, to pick up a, a silly yellow card or um, half the time even, especially if I remember right, whenever he was at Rangers, he always seemed to conveniently pull out of matches and, you know, there was always these injuries that just seemed to occur around about the time of, of international matches and maybe they were genuine, I don't know, but he's a... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I mean, Kyle Lafferty is a different animal in this this campaign. Um, there have been other players who I was never so sure of. The, the, the likes of Oliver Norwood, um, Stuart Dallas. Two years ago, Stuart Dallas was playing in the local league here. And now... He's, he's a superhero. He, <laughs> he, you know, we, we talked before, me and a few mates, about you know, who was the last person to come out of the, the local league and make it 
in England. You know, there had been players who had gone over and, you know, maybe a year later they were back home, for, you know, for whatever reason. But, you know, he's gone over there. He signed for Brentford, I think it was, and he's now at Leeds. He's playing for them all the time, as far as I'm aware. He uh, and he, he just looks right at home playing on the on the international stage. Uh, and I just think, obviously, that's the thing about management. You know, you, you you don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. But my God, the 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 players that are out there now, they they all you know, you think to look at them that they were all stepping away from top clubs. For their their international games because they play like you know they they all play like they feel like you know they are uh, top players they they just look like they, they ooze confidence um, and players like Norwood Davis Dallas Lafferty um, yeah there's I just think O'Neill has been he is definitely his his man management must be second to none. Because you just there's there's all of a sudden these players who have came along that people who would never really heard of before like Conor McLaughlin plays for Fleetwood Town who I think are in League not sure if they're in League One or League Two these days but um there there are some definitely some lower league players in that team and every day man they all look right at home playing uh, in these international matches um. And it's nearly, we're actually nearly at the stage now when we haven't been able to say this for a while. We've actually got a squad. You know, we can make substitutions and not be too annoyed about what's taking place because the player that's coming on isn't exactly a million miles in terms of quality behind the person they're replacing. And I suppose the international management, I was, I've always felt that the biggest quality you need to have as an international management is you, you need to be an out and out coach if you're you know it's not you can't go along and buy people you have to make do with what you've got and O'Neill has done that and more um you know we there we are against Greece the other night there were three or four enforced changes and every single one of them the man came in and played absolutely fantastically yeah, there, there's no, there's no doubt. We we have always we've referred to Windsor now for a long time as, as Fortress Windsor, and in I've I've been going to the games for about ten years, and really the only team, the only top team in that time that has come to Windsor and absolutely swept us aside was Germany. You name it, they've come, and we've there's no team that has come to Windsor that you would call a top side we haven't beaten or drawn with in that time and that for a, a team like ours is it's 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 unheard of and it's got to the point now where we do have Germany in the World Cup qualifiers coming up and you, you don't there's no longer a feeling that uh, that that's all, all of a sudden or that, that that's a, an automatic hammering before you even think about it you know, there is a belief now that you, you get the, the players will go out there and actually compete where before you were dreading. Jamie, 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 can I just interrupt you there on the Germany thing? It was a bit before your time, but in between the, the 82 and the 86, we had Euro 84. And for the mm-hmm. qualification for that, I, I think we beat Germany home and away. I remember I was at the game. Um, it was one of those really cool Belfast nights where we have 100 mile an hour gales uh, with that lovely driving rain that we get. Yes. And the Germans didn't know what hit them, and they lost one nil. And they also lost one nil. I think it was in Stuttgart was was the game. They lost one nil at that. The Germans have a fear of us as well, and and we always, bar that one occasion that you've spoken about, we've always given them a game. So these big nations, as you've rightly said, well, we were we are guaranteed respect going into this tournament, guaranteed mm-hmm. respect because we've turned them all over. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have all given a ringing endorsement of of O'Neill and. Uh... With that endorsement, I'm sure there's a buzz and, and there's rumor of top, you know, championship level clubs or uh, even some lower le- Premier League clubs, you know, coming after his services. How long do you guys really think that you guys can keep hold of, of uh, Mr. O'Neill? Neil, I'll start with you, my man. What are your thoughts? Obviously, we, we were stung before. Um, I mentioned, I think, in the last my last comment that uh, the Laurie Sanchez camp campaign and, and how he left you know with work still to be done when we were looking on course to qualify uh he of course went to 
Fulham and the rest of history he didn't he didn't do well at all, lost his job and has barely been heard of since. I think Michael O'Neill's done the hard bit, the, the really hard bit. I mean, we've, we've said already how unrealistic it was to think that Northern Ireland would win a group or even qualify for this tournament. I mean, possibly you'd been hoping they could scrape in and um, you know into the playoffs or whatever. But he's got to the tournament. He will obviously take us through, through the tournament. Um, and, and I think it's really anyone's guess. It would be up to the manager himself and what offers come in because uh, he is a young man. Man, you know, it's not like he's, you know, most coaches or managers when they go into international football. I mean, the the, the common theme is that they're, you know, towards the end of their managerial career, which is is not the same for for Michael. So, I mean, I don't think you could begrudge it if he if he did get a good offer and go on. Um, on the other hand, I suppose it would depend what we did at the World or the World Cup, the European Championships, and. Um, and then maybe how he felt in himself, whether he felt he could go on with Northern Ireland and, and qualify for a World Cup then, because, you know, that would be the next thing. Or if he feels that perhaps um, his work with his group of players is done and, and maybe somebody else, or he'd be better served going somewhere else. So, I don't know. I think I think it's very much up in the air how, how long we can keep him because he's had amazing success. Uh, it would be down to him and, and what offers come along, I'd say. Yeah, man, and at 46, like you said, he's not finishing up his career in, in the international game. He's actually just up, uh, starting it up. So, you know, it's an interesting twist there. But, Jamie, what, do, what are your thoughts on this, man? How long do you think that Northern Ireland can keep a hold of uh, Martin O'Neill? I suppose, as you say, he's, he's 46 years old. He's taken us to this forthcoming European Championships. Um, whether people want to say that the the group that we were given was an easier one than normal is up to them. Uh, obviously, there are greater tests lying ahead in the next qualifying campaign. But somehow, I think to myself, the temptation to have a go at qualifying at a World Cup or for a World Cup, whenever you are still in the early days of your managerial career. Somehow I think that might be a lot to turn down. Um, and I suppose he will always have on his CV the fact that he took this unfancied nation to the, the European Championships. Um, of course, there are maybe times where an offer could come along where he just can't say no. Uh, Sanchez did that Um I don't think you could really begrudge him for taking the opportunity because I'm sure he never in his wildest dreams thought he would get the the opportunity to manage at the the Premier League. But I suppose if O'Neill felt the same way, then what can you do? But I don't know. I'm actually quite confident that we'll hold on to him. Um, I I think they're talking here, the media here is all suggesting that there's going to be a a four-year contract put on the table. Four years, you know, he's going to go to. The, he's got us to the Euros now. Uh, after the Euros next year, the World Cup qualifying campaign will start, and I, I, I definitely think that I, I, I'm very, I'm very confident that he would, uh, that he would hang around at least to to give that a go. Um, so no, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I will sort of, I'll put my. Uh, I'll put my colours to the mast, and I, I think he'll stay. I genuinely do. Um, it's, I suppose it just depends. You know, previously, before Northern Ireland, he was managing uh, Shamrock Rovers or Bohemians or somebody down south. Um, and it just, I suppose, if there is a, a good club comes along and makes him that offer, it would be hard to say no. But uh, I, I do think the the opportunity to try and take us to the World Cup. Uh, I, I do think that'll prove too hard for him to turn down. And now that he knows that he has assembled a team and a squad that is capable of tournament qualification, you know, it's not as if he would be on a hiding to nothing necessarily. So, no, I, I am. I'm confident that we'll hang on to him. Excellent, man. And you, Dave, do you share uh, Jamie's confidence here? I, I do, as long as we we'll hold on to him long enough that Brendan Rogers finds himself a job, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> but joking aside, no, I really do hope that he's there for, for the World Cup campaign because, number one, yes, a club can't come in and, and you know, the next the next big thing, young manager, you know, we, 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 we've seen it all recently, man, though. Uh, we've been all through this at, at club level and we know how it works. Uh, I would like to think that, that there'd be a bit of loyalty there with, with Michael O'Neill. As, as the guys have said throughout this pod, isn't the most charismatic guy in the world. He, he, he keeps his head down. Um, he, he gets on with his business and he, and he works. And, and hopefully he'll want to continue to do that. And again, with this squad that he's assembled, that he has functioning. And that's a huge thing in international football. And, and, and also... The, you know, this guy is going to be revered no matter what because, you know, Billy Bingham took us to two World Cups. The man's a legend. You, you know what I mean? And, and Michael O'Neill is now up in that in that territory because it is massive what he's done. And the, the thought of losing him uh, at this stage I, I doesn't doesn't sit well with me. I, I hope that, that he remains. I, I want him to... The, the problem for me is, I'm having experienced the two World Cups, is... You know, sometimes, especially in 82, we, we came up with some mad results, some really mad results um, against big teams. And, and if he starts doing that, you know, the group in the Euro is not going to be an easy group because all those teams have qualified on merit. There, there is no walkover in the Euros. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to be prepared. We're going to have to be ready. And that team is going to have to be prepared. And if they are, his, the attention from, from the outside on him grows even more. And I think that's the danger. Uh, more than anything else, is Northern Ireland being too successful, nearly are a victim of their own circumstance. Because as rightly said, Larry Sanchez had us had us going places, going the right direction at least. And then, how, you know, we, we can't blame him for taking a Premier League job. Nobody can. And, and the same as Jamie said, if, if a Premier League club came in for Michael O'Neill, could could the nation of Northern Ireland really blame him for for, for, for taking that job after, what, after the work that he's, that he's achieved there? Really, no, I don't think we could. But my hope is that, that, that he is there for the long term uh, and, you know, that we get to a World Cup because poor old Kyle Lafferty thinks he's going to one at the minute. If you, if you read the newspapers, he fancies Argentina and Brazil in the draw for the Euros. So uh, I don't know what he's been drinking, but I, I wouldn't mind a pint of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And how do you see the team performing in France? I mean, Northern Ireland, you guys have had a history of beating some top European sides. And, and like you said, in 82, there was a lot of shocks along the way. Do you see something similar in, in this tournament in France, Dave? Or, or what are your expectations, really? Of course I do. Of course I do. I see at least a shock somewhere down the line. We do that. This is what we do as a nation. Even though we've been in the darkest period, we still come up with stupid results. You know, Gerard, Lampard, Beckham, Rooney, you name them, they were at Windsor Park. They went down 1-0. You know, we had Xabi Alonso and Raul uh, of the Spanish team. They went down as well. You know what I mean? We pull up silly results in isolation. And I don't see any reason why we can't pull out another silly result in, in, in this tournament and shock somebody to their core. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want, I know we're, we're going to come to later our expectations and so on. So, so, so I'll avoid that. But I do think, I do think that Northern Ireland will, will win a lot of friends at this tournament. Um, as Jamie rightly said, we're, we're playing football. We're a football team. Uh, we're playing nice football. It's enjoyable to watch. And again, that's not something, as I say, as having been in the, the, the World Cup in this country last year, there wasn't too much beautiful football and nice played football. It was what it was. We're not going to play nice football. It's going to win them friends. And I'll say a few results along the way. Well, a few results, maybe a bit too much to ask for. But but a result along the way is going to, going to win us a lot of friends like it did in 82 and 86. Um, and, and really, that's the way forward for us. No, get our heads out of the clouds and just proceed as we are because we're not in a bad shape at all. I hear you, man. And the most important thing is that you guys are, you know, producing quality football on the pitch, and that that can get you a long way. And like you've said time and time again, you know, as long as you're compact and you're and you know you're well prepared, you're gonna perform well. And and it seems like he's doing that. Jamie, what are your expectations? What, what do you want to see the most out of this team in France? Well, I know at the last. Uh... I'm not sure whether it was the World Cup or the, the last Euros. I think it was the Euros. Um, whenever the the Republic qualified, they uh, a lot of their a lot of guy, guys that I that I knew that were supporting them. They were very very critical. The, you know, they had Trapattoni as manager, who uh, you know, as an Italian, tend to be uh, pragmatic in the way the 
you know, you know their their teams play, and I think the, the the major criticism that they had was that whenever they got there and they got out there, all they did was try not to lose. Um, and I would be I would be very confident that we're not going to be that we won't try to do that. I think Northern Ireland will go out there and try to play the way we've played throughout the campaign. Now, you would have to expect that whenever you get to the tournament stage that you're going to draw teams who are technically much better than the ones we've had in this group. Um, but I still think that they'll go out there and they'll try to play the game the way they've played it so far. Um, they won't just sort of if they find themselves in a match against the likes of Spain or whoever, they won't just all of a sudden, you know, have 10 men behind the ball all the time. Um, and like Dave said, I'm confident of going out there and, you know, if we even if we don't get out of the group stages, I'd be confident that we go out there and get a good a result against a good team. Um, but the way this tournament's shaping up, you know, whenever you run down through the groups so far and the teams who have qualified, you know, European Championships before, you're talking about a 16-team tournament. And normally, if you were an unfancied or unfashionable nation like ourselves, you would be going in there against three heavyweights and you were going out there to get destroyed, really. But some of the teams, whenever you, you run down through the teams that have that have qualified automatically, we've got you know, Iceland are there, uh, Wales are there. You know, Yes, they have a couple of very good players, but essentially they're not, you know, they're, they're no big team, so to speak. Uh, Slovakia are there. Um, you've got uh, Austria are there. You've got Norway who have got there now. Albania who have qualified automatically. And because of these teams, because of the good campaign that, that they have all had, it means that they have had their ranking increased. And feasibly, I think I'm right in saying that you know, if you if the group stages were drawn right now, it's possible to be in a group which would have Wales as top seed, Austria as second seed. You know, the, the, I definitely think there the, there's going to be there's going to be winnable matches out there because you know they they extended this tournament to twenty four teams in the hope that some of the lesser nations uh, would be able to qualify. And as it's worked out, uh, a lot of these lesser nations ha- haven't needed it. And in many ways, there are some bigger teams that are actually themselves thankful that they're you know that the qualification has been extended because uh, the, you know, the likes of the, the Dutch the Dutch are all but out um, and I, 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 I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all surprised if in some somehow we managed to get out of our group whenever we're over here because I just it, obviously it's going to come down to the draw at the end of the day but um, no I have I think we'll give a good account of ourselves. And even if we do go over there and we'll play three games, we'll lose them all. I think at least, at the very, very least, we'll be able to, the, the players and the management will be able to look at themselves and say that they actually did give it a go. Um, and if they were beaten by better teams on the day, then so be it. There's no question about it. Qualification for us is is massive that in itself is massive and anything out there any wins or whatever we might gain out there are a bonus um but no i i'm no matter what i'm pretty sure that uh this time next year looking back on the tournament i think we'll definitely be able to say you know that we gave a good account of ourselves uh, i mean i'll certainly be going over to france myself and i think i'll be I definitely think we'll be able to look back on it and say that it was a fantastic time and win, lose or draw, so to speak. So, no, I, I'm I am confident that um, at the very, very least, we'll, we will give an account of ourselves. Jimmy, there's another thing as well that, that, that I, want, I want to touch with you, especially. You know, you've been going to the games for a long, long time, as I know. Um, th- there'll be no shortage of support out there and there'll be no shortage of voice out there. And that's another thing. Win, lose or draw, they're going to be singing. And that's a that's a huge thing about Northern Ireland. Oh, there's no doubt that I've always felt that uh, generally the support of of a team that's not really expected to do much, they that tends to be as good a support as any other that you'll you'll find. I mean, <laughs> I remember whenever we were on the 
in that 2006 campaign with uh, with Sanchez, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Then all of a sudden, when he was gone and the results started to go, you could feel that the support was starting to get a wee bit. You know, it, it was starting to not necessarily turn, but it just it just wasn't just quieter. It was just it was quieter. Qu- it was quieter because we had got to, they had got to the stage where the, some people were nearly starting to expect things. Um, whenever they weren't getting what they expected, then the volume dropped a bit. But I think we are the sort of team that everybody, we every person in that stand knows that um, to be in that tournament, we are punching above our weight, and people are just going to go out there and they're just going to enjoy themselves. And yes, you're right. There will be. There will no doubt about it. There'll be a fantastic atmosphere at every single one of our games, and we can only hope that that, that helps. That's cool, Neil. For you, what 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 what's the expectation levels for you, and, and what do you see? Uh, well, I think Jamie was spot on there. I don't think we can really have too many expectations. Getting to, I I I'd be honest. I always, you know, I always said. If Northern Ireland make it to another major tournament in my lifetime, you know, that'll be the greatest thing ever because I, I honestly just didn't believe it was ever going to happen. Um, and for it to happen, you know, so so soon um, is, is is amazing. Uh, to be there is is what it's all about. You know, you always we've, we've seen in our own lifetimes the uh, the Scots getting there. Okay, we haven't seen the West, but the Scots always. The English are there, of course. So you've got the, the Republic of Ireland. They've been there a lot of the time. And you see all these groups of fans, the Tartan Army and the you know the Green Green Army and whatever, and, and you're jealous of them because even though they're probably not going to win, they're going to go over there and have a great time. And you know they might have one game where they do shock people, and, and that day and night will always belong to them. And that's the same for us. I think going into the, into this tournament, we will be up. A- Against, I mean, Jamie said that there will be some weaker teams in this tournament. No, some of the ones that have already qualified, they are. Uh, um, some of the traditionally weaker, or shall we say, the smaller nations, um, rather than weaker teams. But you know, so the big boys will be there as well. Uh, um, if Holland don't make it, it'll be because you know they're not that good at the moment. Um, but I think it's been mentioned already that we've we can we can. T- Turn it on against the the the, uh, the big boys or the, the more fancied nations, and you know we're just as as good at playing the underdog as the Republic are. You know, famously against Italy um, in '94, but also just famous famously and perhaps more successfully in 1990. You know, when they did really well and got all the way through. I think they got the, the quarterfinals or something. Certainly, certainly got the second round. Uh, I think it was the the, the quarterfinals they got to. Um, beating Romania on penalties, so it's there for us, you know. And I think none of the, I think I don't think any of the players will be playing with any fear. Uh, I think that's been mentioned as well. We won't be going not to lose because we've never expected to get there. We leave, but we never expected, and I think that puts us in a good position. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. It's anything we do is a bonus, you know. Um, I'm confident in saying that we won't be humiliated. I've seen. Most of this qualifying campaign uh, from afar, and it's been mentioned before, we are not, not just functional, but we're beginning to play attractive football, and we know what we're about. Whereas in the past, we may have collapsed in certain situations. That that just hasn't happened. Uh, we've become resilient. We've, we've be, we are now able to, to go behind and then come back in games, which was something that was non-existent for a long time. So you know, really, the the, the sky's the limit. We're not gonna we're not gonna win them, but I could quite easily see us perhaps making the, the second round, perhaps making another group and and if not then certainly giving a really good account of ourselves over there. So yeah, like I say, no real expectations, but um confident in the fact that I don't think we'll be embarrassed and confident in the fact that we'll be a will be a match for anyone with fears. Well that brings me to my next point, Neil. You know, you just said you're confident that it's quite possible you guys could get out of the group and that's so I want to bring you guys into this predictions for the tournament before we get into our plugs as we're running out of time. But uh Jamie, I'll start with you first, man. What are your predictions for, for uh the, the tournament in France for the Repub- uh, for the Repub- I mean uh for Northern Ireland? Well uh, as long as we aren't given 
you know, the draw from hell. Uh, I definitely see. Uh, I, I well, I don't want to say I definitely see progression from the the from from the the group stage because that almost sounds a bit too confident. But this this campaign alone tonight we were playing in Finland and we were going for our fourth away win of the campaign. You know, you have five matches away and we were going tonight for our fourth away win. Sorry, right, we ended up drawing and there was three games that we've won away. That in itself is completely unheard of. Um, now, all right, whenever you're going away to the tournament, then it's it's neutral venues, so to speak. But um, I just don't think that these... I don't think that these players don't have anything to fear anymore. Uh, they've, they've, the manager has obviously come in and instilled some sort of a belief in them where they go out, they play freely. And I just think... They're going to go out there. They know that uh, what they've achieved already is enormous. And whenever you're doing something like this, when you're a kid growing up and you want to be a footballer, all right, the international game isn't probably what now what it used to be, but this is the sort of thing you dream of. I mean, the most of these guys, if you'd ever told them that they would they would one day feature in one of the two big summer summer tournaments, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't have believed you. So they're going to go out there and live. They're going out there to live a dream, really. So I don't see. I think they'll they'll go into every game full of confidence. Um, I think they'll they'll more or less play. They'll try anyway to play as freely and uh, and with as much emphasis on attack as they have. Um, and if the results don't come, they don't come. But I would say if we get a, a half decent draw, I'm pretty confident we'll make it. Out, we could make it into the second round. So yeah, I'm gonna say unless we unless we turn out with some sort of a draw, like you know Germany, France, Spain, or something, I'm pretty confident that we have got the ability to pick up a win and a draw. And you know that that might be all it takes to get through. Um, so. I'm confident. Um, at the same time, though, if we don't get through the group stages, it's it's it was Neil mentioned there. It's, it's no embarrassment. Um, I but I just think these guys are going to go out there. There's going to absolutely, completely, and utterly. They're just you know they're going to embrace it. And whenever you're a team, and I suppose every player who goes out to these things enjoys it. But there's going to be people who are used to it, um, and maybe they don't look at it with the same hunger and enthusiasm as others might uh, the likes of our team so yeah I, I, I do I, I think the tournament uh, in one way or another will will, uh, will be a success for us. Yeah man and I think that's the most important part is that you guys go out there and you guys give a great performance and you guys uh, just compete and, and the best part is that there's a little bit of optimism and you guys can see yourselves competing and not necessarily going in there and, and you know uh, being overran by these other teams and that's refreshing because you know you guys know better than anyone how hard it is to get into these tournaments and and you know it's important for you guys to to put on a good showing and and hopefully that can happen for you guys uh but we're running out of time guys and and uh we're just time to wrap it up uh i'll go to you first neil neil you have anything you're working on working the people find you on twitter man uh you have any plugs for us Okay, yeah, well, I'm involved in a few things at the moment. Um, of course, the, the second episode of the New Look Writers Pod came out uh, a couple of days ago, so it's available on the app and on the Amphib Index website. Uh, also, I had an article out this week. Uh, um, it was on Rodgers and Klopp, uh, the, the, the theme that's running through Liverpool at the moment. So do check that out. That's called LFC, The Future's All That Counts. And I think we'll be doing a Northern Ireland pod um, uh, so you can hear myself and, and Dave on that. I think that will be being recorded either next week or the week after. Um, also, of course, just plug in the app. It's fantastic. Um, all free, all content uh, uh, for LFC and uh, other things too. So do get on that and, of course, the website. Awesome, man. And how about you, Jamie? Where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, do you, where can people, you know... Get get a hold of you, and then, do you have anything to plug, my man? <laughs> Not really. Um, I do have a Twitter feed, but I don't. I'm I'm not on it all that often. Um, but um, no, I I don't really have anything to plug. I'm just a fan. 
That's cool, man. Well, hopefully people you can get more familiar and, and, and you can get back on there and people sure. give you a follow. Um, well, for me, for Dave, uh, I want to say thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for listening to WFI. Uh, we should have the World Cup podcast coming up sooner or later, and we're going to be covering all the uh, past World Cups with some great guests. So please uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, like Neil said, please download the app. You know, uh, there's a ton of great content, whether football related or not. And uh, other than that, from me, from Dave, from everybody here at WFI, thank you guys very much. And uh, bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.